to episode 16 of the Fantasy Front Office Podcast for the week of July 24th, 2017. Joining me in the front office are Keith and Phil. We're going to kick off tonight with a little bullpen breakdown. Phil, take it away. Hey guys, just want to talk about the bullpens. A lot of craziness going on with trades and things like that going on right now. It's kind of an arms race. Uh, the White Sox are uh, one bullpen that's pretty interesting. Anthony Swarzak has been pretty lights out for most of the year. Um, what are you guys thinking about him so far this year? He's got 52 strikeouts in uh, 48 innings, um, a 1.0 whip, and a 2.2 ERA. Well, I think it was be- between him or Clippard for the job. And the last that I had heard, they were going to actually go with Clippard there in the ninth inning. Um, but Swarzak's probably the better pitcher, I think, definitely. I think uh, Clippard has got a whip that's pretty high this season, and you know his probably best pitching days are behind him. Um, So I I guess if I had to pick a guy, I'm going to go with Clippard for right now, but I don't expect him to hold on to the job very long. No, it was actually given to Clippard, said that he is the guy there in Chicago, kind of out of courtesy because he wasn't anticipating, didn't like the trade back to Chicago. So they were kind of giving him the, well, you're the guy kind of, kind of touch. And so far, he's given up two walk-off blown saves to the Royals. So, uh, Swarzak would be the guy to be picking up there. Is that, is that good to give two in a row? Two in a row is not good for blown saves. Like, two in a row, you know, uh, held saves. Um, not blown oh, saves. okay. Yeah, I, I think he's it. in two games, he's lasted .2 or two-thirds of an inning. Yeah, that doesn't sound very great. Um, yeah. an- another bullpen that could be depleted here in a second is the Detroit Tigers. Justin Wilson has been nothing short of miraculous coming out of the pen but at the same time he's probably pretty highly coveted uh he's going to be somebody that you know is going to be hitting free agency here shortly uh, he's already got five years experience so um what do you guys think about him maybe 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 that situation in general well he's a guy that we really didn't well i think if he goes and there's a couple of options there i guess uh you know alex wilson is is one option although he hasn't been very good of late um if you look at like the last 15 or 30 days man that bullpen's just not very good i don't know who is the the front runner as far as taking that spot but yeah that um, might if he goes i don't think i'm rushing out to pick up anybody yeah that might be one of the uh pens that you just punt and just say you know what someone else can have those saves with the four era that's attached to it um let's see I guess yeah. Bruce, uh, Bruce uh, Rodon maybe is, is one option, but, uh, you know, that's, again, some real, real exciting I don't, there. I don't even think that he's even getting higher leverage situations like setup role yet at this point. So I think he's kind of far down the pecking order. Um, one team that actually is not part of uh, any trades going on right now, hopefully they are, though. He's got is... two holds in his last three games. Oh, does he? Holds such a weird stat, though. Yeah, he's got, uh, I know, I know. It's hard to anticipate what it is, but he's got a really high K for nine in the last 15, 15 days. He's got... Uh, Looks like single inning holds two of his last three outings, so he's pitching good of late. But again, there's really no person in that bullpen that as soon as Wilson gets traded, if he gets traded, that this guy's going to slot right in. So it's going to have to be a wait-and-see approach, and there's not a whole lot of season left to kind of speculate on who that's going to be. Um, nobody's going to get more than you know seven or eight saves, even if he was to get traded today. Well, I mean, truthfully, Bruce Rendon is somebody that they've been wanting to, uh, they've been grooming him to be the closer for several years, and he had Tommy John surgery, um, Dynasty Leagues, if, if you played a few years ago i'm sure he was a guy that was coming up on your radar uh, but so so anyways uh he's he's just somebody that could easily move into that role i just i don't know i just think they'll hold off for a little bit at least try to pump up someone else's value um anyways another team that i wanted to discuss uh today was the cardinals um i think i watch them every now and then hopefully uh tonight they end up closing out the win uh anyway sung has been removed from the closer role trevor rosenthal is now the closer um i was hoping that that didn't happen that maybe they would 
trade O away. That clearly is not part of the plan. Uh, what What do you guys think? Is Rosenthal somebody that you're going to covet? Are you guys going to pick up O if anybody drops him? What's going on with that bullpen right now? He's well, an intriguing I mean, arm to pick up. Kind of, he'd be borderline, borderline for me. Yeah, I really like what Rosenthal's done this year. I mean, his his whip's a little bit high for a closer, but that those numbers are really good for the innings that he's put together. Um, he doesn't have very much usage this year. The only 37 innings, so you know, I'm not sure. You can probably speculate better than I can on what uh, what that is, but 37 innings isn't isn't a whole lot to this point. Um, it, I still think San Juan O is is still a good pitcher, but man, his WHIP has been atrocious, and his K numbers are down as well. So I was just looking at some of the, the speculative speculative uh, trades this um, this morning, and I was looking at O as, as a possible target, but I don't know what they're going to get in return for him right now. I think he's a, a straight rental, so yeah. you know somebody that's going to be a free agent next year. So they're just not going to get very much on the on the market right now. But you know, I, I'm excited about Rosenthal. He's still available in a ton of leagues. If you're saying he's the the absolute guy and to drop O to pick him up, um, I think he can definitely help your team throughout the stretch well and in the closer experience that rosenthal has i mean he's been a playoff uh, playoff guy for Matheny in the past um i think that he's going to get the ball and and to your point as you were talking about you know 58 strikeouts in 37 innings towards the beginning of the year he wasn't going on back-to-back days uh they were getting his arm arrest because he was coming back from an injury so that's probably why his innings are a little bit low i mean he'll probably still in the 65 70 range which is fairly normal for closers um you know maybe with 85 or 90 strikeouts which is very atypical for closers you know you get that and that's something that you want to covet um i just hope that era comes down a little bit he just seems to leave just over the middle of the plate because he throws 100 just thinks he just throw anything by people sometimes um other than that yeah i think he's pretty much clear uh pretty clear the guy in uh st louis right now oh has just looked miserable for all but maybe a two-week stretch this year um not fun for anyone in st louis to watch or any you know owner of, of Sangwano. And, and not to take us off track too fast here, but uh, you know, years past, they've talked about maybe transitioning Rosenthal to a starter. Is that has that died down? Is he no longer an option one of these times to kind of push him? Because I, I look at his innings pitch this year, and he's like you said, he's going to end at like 50-something at best-case scenario. And yeah. so... They, they talked about doing that. He was, quote-unquote, in the running for the fifth starter spot at the end of the year. Um, I don't think they ever gave him a full shot at it. Uh, he was pitching in spring training as a starter for a little bit and then they were like okay you're you're not getting the starter role so um he's a guy that's probably not gonna ever really be a starter because i just don't think he's gonna be able to stretch it out like that uh, i think at this point of his career was he 29 years old 27 like actually 27 yeah so i mean i, I mean I, I just don't think that at this point of his career he's he's been a closer for five years now um or a, a reliever late inning reliever he really hasn't been a, a starter in five years it's kind of hard to get your arm worked back up to major league ready and stretch out to that point. So I, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, he's actually never started a game in the majors. So yeah, yeah he's just I, I don't know. I, I enjoy him to watch him, but he just kind of has lost seasons every now and then. Like I don't know if his last year or the year before he had 1.6 WHIP or something like that and four ERA, and it just out of nowhere was miserable. Yeah. Uh, anyways, like, oh this year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They kind of they kind of switched uh, places. 
Um, one guy I guess I probably should have hit earlier, uh, the the Padres. Brad Hand is now uh, the closer, or now. They're probably going to trade him, too. Um, but if he is out there on waivers in a league that just has, you know, only saves, cl- clearly he would not be in leagues with holds. But uh, with just saves out there, he would be a guy that you're going to want to covet right now. He has been dominating, and I think the reports are half the teams in the league have uh, Brad Hand. So what do you think about him, Keith? Yeah, the market right now for relief pitchers is insane. I, I heard the same thing you know on a lot of pitchers i think there's like 13 or 14 teams that are looking for you know some type of end of the game relief or to add an arm to a bullpen um yeah brad hand's probably the guy i know you know they have other guys in that bullpen that you know could be could be all right he's the most natural fit and i think he's starting you know has some saves on his resume as early as this year so um, definitely he's the, the guy that I would pick up. Now, another bullpen. Well, yeah, one bullpen I wanted to kind of talk about just to stay away from, basically, was the Texas Rangers. I don't know what it is about them, but it just seems like that that's a dumpster fire every night. Um, I, I, I want to I stay away. Because, I mean, Sam Dyson leaves there and has a 1 ERA over his last uh, 30 days, but while he was there, had like a 14 ERA. So, uh, Texas is a rough chin, and I don't know what's going on in the ninth inning, but I want to stay away from it over there. Um, the last team I wanted to talk about was the Washington. Nationals. They've been searching closer all year, and would you know it, they traded for two of them at the same time. Uh, so I don't know if it's kind of the same thing as the quarterback uh, mantra that if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero. They have two closers now, so maybe they have two really zero. What do you think, Keith? Um, I guess in what I'm looking at is I think Doolittle's the best pitcher in that bullpen. I know Madsen's you know not too far behind him. They're both having really good seasons, both posting whips below or at you know .80. So they're they've been incredible. Doolittle's a much better strikeout guy he's pitching from the left side which gives him a disadvantage as far as you know preference in the ninth inning so you know whether or not Dusty Baker goes to him sometimes just based on the fact that he's a lefty Um, but I do think Doolittle is the guy that I would prefer to own if I could only roster one of them I think we've talked about maybe rostering both um, if it's possible because they're both really really good pitchers and they're not really going to hurt you in 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 any category even if they're rotating night 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 in night out as far as uh, getting saves so yeah but this this year Doolittle has just found something else like another gear and his k per nine are are 12 plus at this and that's more or less why he's getting the nod over madsen and the fact he's pitched much less innings this year well he's pitched much less innings because he's always hurt i mean kind of right madsen too but at the same time i mean i think doolittle's had an injury history that's you know pretty long um but you know coming over to the nationals I agree. I think that he's kind of the one that has the, the best shot at nailing down the, the job himself. Um, I mean, I watched him pitch yesterday, and it was the ninth inning, even in a four-run game. So can't really say that he was the closer in that game, but pitched the ninth inning. Um, and it was close enough to consider basically when you would want to put your closer out there. So um, and, go ahead. And Madsen's pitched in the eighth, I think, two or three times already, just in a short time over there. So I've, I've seen a few of those games. I know his first time over there, he was pitching the eighth. And, you know, against the Dimebacks, he pitched in the eighth and so i know he's he's pitched in the eighth i think at least two or three times already and, and doolittle's got the opportunity and pitched in the ninth when it wasn't even a save opportunity so i think for right now i would stick with doolittle um you know if you look at the last 30 days they both have a k per nine ten they both have a whip and actually madsen's whip the past 30 days or 13 innings is 0.38 with a 10.38 k per nine 0.69 era so he has been just filthy the past 13 or 15 you know innings so 
Um, both of them are good, though. I mean, just it kind of depends on what Dusty wants to do on, on which night. I agree with that 100%. Um, one that I wasn't even wanting to talk about, but it's just sitting here staring me in the face, is uh, the Giants. And I just brought him up a second ago, Sam Dyson. I'm just going to say one word, guys, and that's no. <laughs> I, and that, and that's, that's all I got to say about that. The vacuum. Um, all right, so that's that's me wrapping it up. Unless you guys want to talk about Sam Dyson for a minute, you know what? I will talk about Sam Dyson for just a second. <laughs> and he he's been he's been he was for as bad as he was in Texas, he's been serviceable in the job there in San Francisco. So right. I I picked him up in a league where I you know I just I needed somebody, and so I picked him up when he, before he was even you know over ten percent owned, and I've had him on my team for the past you know ten or fifteen twenty days, whatever it's been, and he's he's not fooling anybody, he's not striking anybody out, but he still continues to, you know, to get saves. I think he's got five in the past, you know, two weeks or so or something like that. And San Francisco is not going to win a bunch of games. They're not going to win leagues. But if you're just dying for saves, he's obviously done something or figured something out that I somewhat trust him, you know, the next probably 30 or 45 days. Not as much as I trust Joey Gallo, but that's a different question. <laughs> that, I think, is more of a man crush than anything. But, it, but at least we've talked you down from the ledge for uh, – <laughs> Well, I mean, there, there was really no ledge to, like, there was no ledge to, you know, talk me down off of. He's been injured the entire season. Eh, I feel like that's part of everything. <laughs> All right, any others, Phil? No, that, that was it. I didn't even want to talk about Sam Dyson, but Keith made me. I feel like that should be the lead of the show. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just lead off every show with Greg Bird, something about, you know. <laughs> right. Something about the Birdman. If this was a visual, like, a vlog or whatever, I would for sure have a picture of his eyebrows every single, every single time. Maybe that. That should have something to do with our image in the background is, is Greg Bird's eyebrows. Um, you know what? Just, we we love the Yankees here on the show. We love Greg I mean, Bird. We love Aaron Aaron Hicks. I mean, true. we've had some debates. We do, we do love the, say that. We love you love the we love Aaron Judge. You know, we love the Aaron Judge versus Sanchez versus Greg versus Bird. Greg Bird. We love that. Oh, yeah. We got How's a lot Aaron of Yankee Hicks talk. Aaron Hicks How's is Aaron still H- on the DL. Oh well, then there you go. That's, that's uh, I part believe of the... I believe neither him nor Greg Bird have seen the field in thirty days. So. And Clint Frazier has been doing uh, very well instead. So. All right, so I'm going to go off the rails here for a second. So you brought up Clint, Clint Frazier. So we're just going to we're going to roll with it because we love the Yankees here. All right, so when Aaron Hicks does come off the DL, if that ever happens, I was listening to the Yes Network this morning, and one of the radio analysts was going on and on and on about how as soon as Aaron Hicks comes off the DL, Clint Frazier is absolutely being sent down. Does anybody have a different opinion? Because I do. I feel like that they shouldn't do that, but I also feel like that they're going to do that for his development purposes because if you keep him as a fourth outfielder and he plays once every four games, that's not good for him. That's not good for you long term. And, you know, what's not good for him long term is also, again, not you long term. So. I just I think you could use someone else off the bench uh, instead of him as the fourth outfield. And I can see that. I guess I I'm just I'm not gonna bet against any Yankees prospect comes up and succeeds in their first 30 days. I'm just not gonna do that. We saw it in Sanchez last year. We saw it in Judge this year. You know he's Frazier's been very good. I'm just I'm just not gonna bet against any Yankee prospects that come <laughs> up and produce immediately. I'm just not gonna do it. You know we're gonna see it in Greg Bird in 2019 when he gets playing time again. So I just. <laughs> I just don't want to do it. All right, so didn't didn't mean to take us completely off the rails, but you know we we are a Yankees podcast, so we're you know just getting our sponsorship money in there. That's right. Let's be a Red Sox podcast next week. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's dive into the mailbag. All right. This comes in from Stephen Tyler. No, I mean Stephen Taylor, uh, not the lead singer for Aerosmith. Remo. That would be if he, that would be awesome if we can get Stephen Tyler on the show. Let's do that. I don't care what he, I don't care if he likes baseball or not. Let's just get him on. Let's just ask him some questions. I'll just take the Skittles version. 
version of him. <laughs> All right. So question coming in from Steven is he's now out of contention in his keeper league. It's head to head points and needing to trade off assets. He can keep five hitters for pitchers. Arenado, Votto, and Bellinger are locks, but he has two spots that remain. Who would you prioritize out of this list? Marte, uh, Sterling Marte. Um, Sterling Marte, yep. Yeah. Sterling Marte, Andrew McCutcheon, Michael Conforto, Travis Shaw, Andrew Benintendi. McCutcheon and Conforto. I think that's pretty clear. I'm in agreement there. Now, yeah, I, I think I Shaw would, needs I would to also look in. Though. Yeah, I, agree. I agree. And, that, and that's why I was going to say I would look into trading two or three of these guys for, let's say, if you could get something stupid like Mike Trout for um, McCutcheon, uh, God, Shaw, and, and one of the other guys. And then, you know, keep Mike Trout instead. Obviously, you would want to do that. So, I mean, you know your league context, but I would try to send a haul of team players that you're not going to keep back over and get Trout or someone similar to that. Yeah, I look at entertaining trading the two Pittsburgh outfielders do just that to get some big keepable return to help you in the future. Because I think I like the age and what the performance has been for Conforto and for Shaw. Um, I think Conforto's got, you know, some of the biggest upside and Shaw's just produced extremely well and I believe in what he can do. I love what McCutcheon's done in the last like, you know, 60 or 80 days and he's definitely back, maybe not MVP back, but producing really well, but we've also seen what he can do when he doesn't produce well and that's, you know, borderline horrible. So if it was me, I would try and package the two Pittsburgh outfielders to make an, an upgrade and try and hold on to Conforto and Shaw. Now, the only issue I have with Conforto is, I mean, we've all brought this up, but the Mets front office and their managerial staff, for some reason, reason they can't just decide to make Fordo an everyday player yeah but that problem is about ready to go away here pretty soon because <sighs> you're gonna see Jay Bruce know. traded you're gonna see you're gonna see an outfielder traded off the Mets here in the next what five days or so that trade well, you know is gonna come down it's somebody's being dealt and, even, and I know how horrible the outfield corner outfield market is I can't imagine that they're gonna you know keep all those outfielders with how bad they've been this season somebody's got to be dealt for no other reason than a clear space for your future number three number two hitter in your lineup to get some regular bats see now you're using logic and and, and things like that don't, <laughs> don't happen with the meds but right. i do think i do think that um isn't bruce's contract up at the end of the year and this guy's not even worried yeah. about this year at all so yeah he's a I, I don't, he's a complete rental think, so there's no purpose in keeping him on the roster yeah, right I, I don't think that that's going to be a problem at all because next year i just don't see them them re-signing him um but at the same time i i just don't think he cares about this year so it just kind of is what and, it is and i'm more worried about his approach against lefties but I do think that's going to come with regular at bats and I I worry less about his ability to hit lefties than I do about the Mets' ability to give him regular lefties at lefty bats. Uh, I mean, we talk about yeah. Jake Lamb and how bad he is against lefties, but we also talk about how good he is overall. It doesn't matter that he strikes out 40% of the time against lefties and has no PS of like 503. <laughs> it doesn't matter because he's still, you know, a top flight, you know, 6-7 overall third baseman. So, you know, he's not he's not like a Mike Moustakis. Well, yeah, he is. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He, he, all right, so that's an inside joke. Uh, you know, there's another analyst in the, in the in our industry, which I'm not going to name names, and you guys shouldn't name names, that came out and said that Mike Moustakis is a top overall, like easily a top five third baseman, which I completely disagree with. And again, we're going tangent written today, but um, yeah, I, I worry about Conforto and what his you know left hand pr- production is going to be, and whether the Mets are going to run him out there. But I still think he has one of the highest ceilings as far as hitters in baseball. We saw what he can do when he's hot, and you know I did a, a write up on him. I believe in what he can do. I love his up the middle approach and what he does, you know, against uh, against hitters. So definitely 
interested in him. All right, let's move on to our second question. Uh, this one comes in from Danny Sria, or this one comes in from Danny. Uh, Fantasy <laughs> Keith, I just lost Correa. I have VR and Simeon also have Rosario stashed. Should I hold or Bregman for Desmond or Fan? What's the best way to go? Bregman for Desmond that in a heartbeat. I back. Um, definitely do not want to keep starting. What, did, what was it? Marcus Simeon and who else? VR. VR. And it was it was known to the people that I have rage dropped uh, Jonathan VR arguing <laughs> with my cousin. You wanted to know if my cousin was going to go on the podcast. Wait, wait. It, I'm sorry. Who who is that? Your cousin? What? Cousin Nolan. Oh, Nolan. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh. Yeah. How's his league doing? By the way, is he doing pretty good? He's uh. He's in first place. He's, he's oh, doing dude, real, he is. He's doing real good. He's got cousin Phil as his uh as his backup. Man, I love that guy. Cousin Nolan's podcast famous. He's crushing uh, it. But anyways, so I I just don't think that I would want to rely on Jonathan VR. Obviously. Um, and I also wouldn't want to rely on uh, Marcus Simeon this year. So if you can go get Bregman and he plays shortstop in your league, I would for sure uh, place them for that. All right, so the, the first take that I gave him was that I would sit tight just because I think Ahmed Rosario should be up soon. I know he's day-to-day with like a stomach flu or something like that, but um, I, I, the rumor is that he could be up here by the end of the month. And so I, I first told him, just sit tight you know, with what you have. But if you have to make a move, you know, I actually told him to go get Bregman and to trade Fam, and you know, I, I realize what Fam has done, and I, I, you know, I was one of the ones that was talking about Fam before he even got brought up, or the week that he was brought up, and how productive he had been in the minor leagues. So it's not a knock on Fam, but I think long term, I would rather have Bregman than Fam. Yeah, but would you rather have Fam or Desmond? I guess is the real question. Then I think I'd rather have Desmond, and I know that Fam's outproduced Desmond and all of these things, but still, I know what Colorado can do, I know what Desmond can do, and I think there's a higher upside for Desmond than there is for Fam. I don't. Do you think, and you're in St. Louis, do you think Fam can can get better than what he's done so far? Better? I mean, he's fast. He, if he could learn how to steal bases, he's fast. Um, I mean, he's probably overall the best player on the Cardinals. And that's that's not, you know, being, you know, joking, anything like that. Um, no puffery, as they say. That is me, honest opinion. I mean, he's a five-tool guy. He's, he's got the arm, he's got speed, he's got defense, and he hits hits the, the ball, you know, hard. Um, I, I would pick him over anybody um, in, on, on the Cardinals, at least. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm wearing my blinders, but um, he's one guy that I would definitely – no, I, try to hold on to. I don't think you are. And I, and I actually, you know, and glancing at it again, I do love that he has 13 steals. So the fact that he's producing 13 home runs, 13 steals, what he's done, you know, I, I definitely like that. So, you know, I guess for me, I would I would probably sit tight and just see what a Met Rosario does in the first uh, the first few weeks is, is coming up. So or look for another spot on your, your team or do a two for one or something like that. But, uh, you know, that, that's my, my take, I guess. Can I, can I circle back to the we're not supposed to trust the Mets organization, but now you're <laughs> telling them to wait to wait on the Mets organization to do the right thing yeah no we, we can we, we definitely we definitely can circle back circle back to that uh, that point so uh but my i guess my take is i, I would never want to give up on rosario oh, no. What, oh like, no, no no that's not what i'm just, saying i just i just i'm not sure that the the mets are going to do the right thing and call him up anytime soon because it, it doesn't behoove them to do that at this point they're they're miserable this year they're not going to play in the playoffs i would personally wait for a september call up because i don't think that actually counts against your uh service time clock um if i'm remembering correctly so you can call them up in september and then you know delay them even next year and then still get an extra year of free agency from it and that sounds exactly like something. That yeah, I mean, I, now now that you're thinking about it. 
<laughs> no, I, I'm not. I'm not going to trust what the Mets. The Mets have been awful from like every decision they've made to talking about Syndergaard coming out and spending time in the bullpen. Like, why in the world would you do that? Like, anyways, no. no I, but again, I, I, I am hopeful that Rosario comes up. I own him in leagues. I expect him. He has an advanced bat. I expect him to produce. You know, pretty regularly out of the out of the gate. So if your options are, you know, dropping him or getting rid of him in any case, I would never do that. I would definitely hold on and uh, see what you can do. So. All right, we, we stole the show. All right, on to our final topic, Keith, with some pitcher replacements. All right, so I wanted to talk about a few starting pitcher replacements. Obviously, we saw the news and what happened with Kershaw. You know, he's out four to six weeks with another back problem. That back problem left him out for, I think, two months last season. And the, the thing that worries me is, you know, that four to six week timetable is basically just a, a complete guess. You know, it's not like it's a broken bone where it's going to heal within four weeks. It's not like it's it's an oblique where we have a, a good idea of when that's going to heal. It's a back. And so I think it's just rest and relax and rehab. And, you know, whether that takes four weeks or eight weeks, we don't know. And we don't know what the motivation the Dodgers have to a questionably healthy Kershaw if they pretty much have a lock on the NL West and definitely a lock on the, the playoffs. So before we get into replacements, do you guys think, you know, what's your guess as far as timetable? If you had to give a week number, when do you think Kershaw will be back if he comes back? I would guess it's closer to the eight than the six. Uh, probably even more than that, to be honest with you, just because I don't I don't think they rush him back. I think their team's good enough to hold off without him until they get to the playoffs. So I think that maybe they give him one or two starts before the playoffs and, and that's it. I, I'd be yeah, leaning I, in the I, same I, general area there, but yeah, we, we won't know until he actually visits his doc tomorrow and they figure out what's actually wrong. But it is, it has been said that it is more muscular than the herniated disc he had last year, which is a much quicker turnaround. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see. All right, so let me just give you guys, I'll, you know, I'll go pretty quickly here, we're running out of time, but I'll give you guys who my picks are as far as availability in, in standard league. So um, the guys that I am most interested in picking up to replace Kershaw would be Danny Salazar, Mike Fires, Mike Clevenger, John Gray, Mike fulton and Patrick Corbin. So they're all at different ownership levels. I think the most owned is Danny Salazar. The least owned is Patrick Corbin. You know, they've all been pretty good the past, uh, you know, little little bit. Um, some of those guys are actually being dropped, like John Gray is being dropped. Mike fulton somehow is being dropped in some leagues. So out of those six guys, is there anybody that you guys love or hate out of my list of replacements? Um, Clevenger's a guy that I did not expect to do what he's doing. Um, another one, you know, Salazar is a guy that... I've never, I've always really, really liked Salazar. This is the year that I finally just caved and and just didn't want anything to do with him, didn't get him on any of my rosters. And then he gets sent to the bullpen and then he's got other issues going on. So I kind of feel like that I probably am going to still stay away from a guy like him. Um, Mike Fires has has had his ups and downs and has been a pretty consistent pitcher over over the time. Um, Just pitching for Houston is going to get you some wins. So I think he's a a good guy to go after. Also, Patrick Corbin hasn't been early in the year he's been terrible like he was very bad uh, but he's strung together a stretch of about six seven eight run or eight games where he's been very serviceable he keeps the d-backs in games which is exactly what you're wanting your fifth starter to do keep things close and let your offense which is very potent take over and granted the last 30 days he only has one win to to his name but max have won quite a few of those games that he's pitched in yeah so i'm, I'm glad you guys brought those guys because those are the ones that i would like to talk to 
and talk about for a second. So if we can jump back to Clevenger, what he's done in his past six starts have been, you know, pretty awesome. I mean, he's only given up five earned runs in those six starts that was spanned over a 33 inning, you know, span. So five earned runs in 33 innings. He gave up 18 hits during that span, you know, 16 base on balls and 35 strikeouts. So more than a strikeout per nine during this span, a batting average against of, you know, 161. So he's he's been nothing short of dominant for his last six starts. And I think quietly he's starting to gain a little bit of traction. But, you know, I picked him up kind of on a, a flyer uh, right at the beginning of this stretch. And I've been extremely pleased at what he's been doing. Now, he hasn't been, you know, like you talked about wins. He's only gotten two wins during that span or a little bit longer than that span. But yeah, he's a guy that I definitely think you can still get him about 50% of leagues. Um, the other guy that we talked about was Danny Salazar. So when Salazar first got demoted to the bullpen, you know, my first thought was this has got to be some sort of wake up call because he's he's got enough talent to, to be, you know, a top flight, top 25 starter. But his problem is he just throws way too many balls. And so the first thought that I had was that he was being demoted as, as kind of a wake up call. And so I started telling people, watch out for when he gets, you know, once he goes to the bullpen, watch for his command, see if he starts throwing more strikes. And so he came back and made a start just a couple days ago. He went seven innings, gave up one hit with eight Ks and zero walks. And, you know, I haven't looked at what his, you know, how many strikes he threw against, how many balls. Um, but he's a guy who, if it finally clicked, if he finally stops shaking off the catcher, or he takes on an attack, you know, a talk, attack dog mentality and starts throwing more strikes. You know, he's got the stuff to to be a top 20 pitcher. So um, he's definitely a good flyer to, to get out there. He's available in, I think, about 40% of leagues. Um, the only other guy that I'll, I'll talk about briefly, you know, Mike Fires. you know, I'm, I'm going to be wrong about Mike Fires because, you know, three or four weeks ago, I was saying he was, should never be owned. But in the last 30 innings, he's, he's been nothing short of amazing. 3.03 ERA, 1.04 with 40 Ks. He's just been awesome. So, you know, I'm finally coming around to Mike Fires, and, you know, tomorrow he's probably going to give up like nine run runs. So um, the last guy that I'll talk about is Mike fulton and you guys can kind of tell me what you know about him. But in digging in a little bit deeper, I, I'm most impressed about his ability to get whiffs on multiple pitches. So he throws a total of five pitches. He's got a huge arsenal. And so for a young starting pitcher to have that big of a usable arsenal, to me, is really impressive. And he gets strikes, you know, he gets whiffs on, on all of those pitches. So he's got a, a fastball that's, you know, tops of 96, 97 miles an hour. He's got a changeup that he uses sparingly that is less than, you know, more than 10 miles an hour difference, which is a, a huge thing when you can throw a 95 mile an hour fastball or or sinker and then throw an 84 to 87 mile an hour changeup. That's just, it's nasty. So I think out of all the guys in this list, you know, I think he's got the most upside maybe besides Salazar um, and he's available in 70% of leagues. So he's a guy who, if you need upside and you need to, you know, hit a home run, he's got home run potential for the last, uh, you know, 40 or 60 innings of the, of the, of the season. Well, and that'll wrap up this week's episode where can the people find you guys i am phil and i am at the baseball jedi i am keith and you can find me at fantasy underscore keith as usual find our other host todd at goalie happens and myself jeremy at front office chair and of course find all of our posts at fan front office and fanfrontofficepodcast.com until next week have a great week and good luck with your fantasy leagues